What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibson. I'm the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a tool or resource used to kind of showcase different SIDs, uh, distinguished or otherwise, any sports information director and athletic communications profession. Um, forgive me right now. My, my throat's a little scratchy. Um, stomach's not feeling the best. I'm recording this right now on a Saturday. I believe it's Saturday. Uh, um, that's what happens during break. But um, the reason I'm doing that is because I will be gone, I think, like Monday through Wednesday or Thursday. I, I can't remember, but I'll be a little bit north of Indianapolis, uh, just taking kind of a couple days off and um, having some fun just up in uh, the Indianapolis area, uh, kind of wind down before I have to go back, before Christmas, you know. Um, also, I hope you all uh, have a Merry Christmas. I don't know at the time of this uh, air date, which is on a Thursday, you guys will be hopefully all headed home for the holidays or have some sort of holiday plans, and if not, um, I'm sorry, I hope that everything goes well for you, um, but anyway, I hope you all have a lot of fun and that you all are completely indulging into the Christmas spirit because this is one of the best times of the year other than when um, you head back to work in August or July and then your games start back up. But anyway, guys, we have Tyson Jacks today, and I kind of mentioned in last week's episode during the outro that, uh, or the intro rather, that Tyson was a guy that I've always wanted to have on. He was on my whiteboard, and um, he kind of came on short notice, uh, had a kind of a rescheduled cancellation, and uh, I looked at my board, and I'm like, okay, now would be the time to have him on. So uh, luckily, he responded pretty quickly. And what we talked about more or less today was being a grad assistant, um, national championship, how you handle national championship caliber or national championship winning teams as far as media relations goes, um, learning new stats, software, learning new graphic design stuff, um, you name it, we talked about it today. Uh, relatively short one, so it's, it's completely fine. So, But anyway, I do appreciate him coming on. Guys, uh, if you haven't already, go over to iTunes and hit subscribe or wherever you get these podcasts, uh, you can do it on Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, the like, um, wherever you go. You can also kind of like, you know, ever so gently, or whatever you want to do, uh, go over and give us a rating or a review, and you can do that. But um, yeah, I kind of have an awkward moment during the outro, but just just do that now if you haven't already. But uh, you can follow us at Sports Infocast over on Twitter and Facebook and email me anytime, sportsinfocast at gmail.com. Guys, next week we will be here. Uh, we will have an episode. It'll be Sam Boyle of Alverno. It's up in Milwaukee, and they're called the Inferno, which also kind of ranges up there with top team name schools and people that I've had on the podcast. But uh, we had a lot of fun with that one, and that will be on the, I think that's the 28th. I think is what our, our calendar says on uh, our banner. Our banner, I almost said banner ads, but our, like our banners on Twitter and Facebook, you can see who's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's about a two-week window as far as that goes. Uh, if I go any more, then it becomes just too shaky and I, and I can't do that. But uh, anyway, guys, well, we'll start off today in episode 56 of SIDcast with Tyson Jex of Texas A&M International and the Dust Devils. We'll go through his kind of school choice. Uh, when he went out to college, going from all the way from Utah to where he is now in Texas, right here on SIDcast.
so it's actually, it's actually kind of a, a funny story because when I was in high school, I grew up in a small town in Utah and I was a cross country runner and I was had a desire to run at collegiately level. And so I sent out like probably like 60 emails, those, those prospective student athlete emails. Yeah. And a school in, uh, it was Eastern New Mexico, which is in Portales, actually was one of the two schools to get back to me. And so I took a visit down there and I actually attended Eastern New Mexico for two years. And then I decided to go home and went to Weber State, um, served an LDS mission, then I came back to Weber State. And so um, I was going to school and I was, I was about to graduate and I was, you know, and you know how it is, like yeah. you're applying to all these jobs and you think you're qualified and you don't get like a call back or even an email back. So I was getting frustrated. I, like, I was like, because I don't want to like be fixing cell phones for the rest of my life because that's what I did as an undergrad. I was like, I don't want to do this. Uh-huh. And so uh, I, mean, I was on Cosida one day and I saw the uh, West Texas A&M, they needed a graduate assistant. And so I was like, I mean, I, I know WT, um, I'll apply. Because the WT, where I went to school at Eastern Mexico, they're big rivals. And huh. so, like, and so uh, yeah, I, I applied, and then Kit Streif there, he called me a day or two after, and I was so, like, I was so excited. Like, I, I called my wife, like, right before I went to class, and I was like, hey, like, he's interested. Like, this is great. But the thing was, like, I never wanted to go to grad school, like, Mm-hmm. I don't hate I don't hate school, but like I don't and I didn't really enjoy it. Like yeah, I, it was a means to an end, and so that was like a big thing. Like this was April, um, and so like I had to decide like, do I want to do the grad school route, and what am I going to study? Because I didn't want to take the GMAT. That was not like I didn't want to study for it, and so I was able to find a program there at Communication Studies, which allowed me to. Uh, which like I got in, I based off of just my GPA and a, and a paper I had to write. So that was like a huge blessing because I was offered the job. But I just needed to get into grad school, and and luckily my wife, she's a trooper. Like she she doesn't mind moving. Uh-huh. She doesn't like she doesn't like being away from family. But like I mean, West Texas is is it's an amazing place to live. Canyon where where West Texas at is is a small town and it's it's awesome. I got a bike to work. Mm. Um, it was it was it was awesome. Like so, the move from from Utah to Texas wasn't super hard for me because I I lived in New Mexico, I lived in Houston. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I I, I know Texas pretty yeah. well. Um, but for like have my wife come down and it was good. Like West Texas was really good to me. Um, uh, let's backtrack for a little bit, and you're probably the other because I ran cross country too, and I did the exact same thing you did. I maybe sent a hundred seventy five to a hundred emails like you did. To kind of get recruited. I just, I'm just curious. Why did you feel the need to do that? Because for me, it was like, okay, no one's really reaching out to me other than small D3 schools. I'm going to have to kind of step up my game. And it would be like my friend who was our number one runner, you know, running low 16s for a 5K. And he wouldn't do anything. And he was wondering why he wasn't getting any calls. So why did you feel the need to kind of do that? Why was it important for you? Well, it wasn't very fast. Like, I'm going to be flat out honest, like, I wasn't, I wasn't, like, a great, like, high school runner. Like, there's no ifs, or buts about it. Okay. Like, but I had my, my senior year, my high school coach was Lindsay Anderson, who was a, she was an Olympian in the 2008 Olympics in the steeplechase. And I really looked up to her. So I was like, if a girl from a small town can go to a college and break the collegiate record and be an Olympian, then, then I can do that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I just, I, I applied to these places. But nobody in my family did ever ever had ever gone to college or done anything, so like I was so oblivious to like scholarships and yeah, 
all this stuff. So I just, I really just wanted to run because I really, I still to this day, I enjoy running. I don't do it as much as I should, but like, mm. I, I, it's, it's competitive. I love to like, just, just run against other people. And mm. so, and, and I just, I wanted to get out of Utah. Like, I love Utah. It was, it, it's great, but I just kind of felt like I needed to make my own identity. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, when you run now, and this has nothing to do with sports information, I just, I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't do it as much as I should. Um, do you feel like, and this is, I don't know, this is just completely like off the cuff, but uh, do you feel like when you run, you're like, okay, I used to be able to do this. I'm a little bit older. I'm a little bit slower. Do you just get like kind of anxious when you're out there? Like my legs want to do this, but my, the rest of my body's like, no, we can't go that fast right now. Yeah, that's, I think that's why I go in spurts of like good training and then not training at all because I mean, just a few years ago I could like not run for a few weeks and I could just go into like, I mean like 6.30 pace felt easy, but now yeah. it's like 7.30 pace and I mean, it's really hot in the radio most of the year, so it's like always hot, but like there's still no excuse. Like, I get fresh, I look at my watch and I think I'm like cruising and it's like eight minute pace and I'm man i am so slow <laughs> yeah yeah i had that kind of got, the other day i got passed by like a high school girl one day and i was like this never happens this should never happen oh man yeah it was like a couple summers ago man i was just doing my tempo runs i was doing like 540 just to feel like like it was like challenging and then yeah i went for a run the other day and i'm like all right I think I'm doing pretty well. I was going to text my girlfriend like, okay, I think I can do this. And then I looked down at my watch and yeah, it's like 748. And I'm like, okay, all right, maybe I'm not as good as I thought it was. But um, anyway, let's get back to the sports info stuff. So you went to kind of Eastern New Mexico. Like you said, you came back, you went to Weber. Um, what was your first taste of sports information that you had? So I, uh, I was a journalism major. So I really like, I always wanted to like be around sports ever yeah. since I was a kid. And so I was I was the assistant um, sports editor for for one year in college, and then so I covered I mean, a variety of sports as anybody that does journalism in college knows you have so many different beats. But I remember I was covering women's basketball at the time, and I uh, I got talking with Paul Grua, who's the he's the director of athletic communications at Weber State, and he, like we didn't really talk about sports information, but like just watching him do his job like intrigued me because mm-hmm. it was more than just like watching a game and you write a story and you talk to the coach like i i was really intrigued by like the, the back end of the website to be honest with you like i didn't it was like all foreign to me i like saw them yeah. putting stuff in and i was like that's really cool and so to graduate at weber i needed to do an internship and i, I tried to get on with the local newspaper and it just didn't work out like it wasn't very reliable and so i, I sat down with him and i said hey like i want to know what you do like i want to I want to. I want to. I mean, I want to see if this is something I would, I would enjoy because I wanted to still be around sports, and I didn't really want to do the journalism thing anymore for multiple different reasons. And uh, so he he's, he was fine with it. Like we we had a good rapport. Um, and originally I was supposed to just be like a guy that like helped at games. That that's like was my understanding. Like you kind of just watch them do it. But then like some guy quit, and they're like, "Well, we need you to do volleyball and cross country <laughs> and track." And I had no idea like what InDesign was or Photoshop. Like, uh-huh. So I spent that summer like redoing the media guide. It's probably like the worst media guide ever because I didn't know anything about InDesign. Like I didn't know anything about tabs or anything. So I was like spacing over to the certain space and like putting periods. And so that was the first taste. And like 
it's it was really cool because like I look now like I don't know if I would have trusted myself with volleyball <laughs> or cross country and track. Yeah, I didn't know any like I knew the sports, but I didn't know anything about like weekly nominations. Like they babied me. Like there's no offender buts about it. But like yeah, we were state like Paul and Justin and Corey were like super fun to work with. So. I, I'm just curious, and I kind of ask a lot of people this question when when we when I interview. It's kind of a tough one. I'm sorry that I didn't kind of explain it to you before, but uh, you didn't know what a sports information director kind of was, and neither did I until you know you fall backwards into it. This seems. Um, what would be the best way, do you think, in your opinion, to kind of educate young professionals about what a sports information director, what the athletic communications um, industry is? I think um, it'd be easier for, like, a student-athlete because they can kind of look and see, like, like who does their bios or who does their stories. Like, when I was at Eastern Mexico, I had no idea who did that. Like, yeah. zero ideas. Like, oh, this is really cool. Um, my advice would be what, is to, if it's something that interests you, like, look them up online, look in the staff directory, and just contact the, the, the person because I've never met a sports information person that doesn't want to talk about what they do. Like, it's not, like, a pride thing. It's just... I feel like it's they're able to open the eyes of so many people because, like, even I explain my job to people I know or, like, my family, like, they don't fully understand what I do. Like, some people, I, I think I saw family members that think I'm a coach. Because <laughs> like, yeah. they're like, oh, you're always at games. I mean, so I just think that to any young professional, like, if you want to understand what it's about, talk to the people that work there. And, I mean, and reach out, like, on the the – that like the the weekly chats like the uh cosida chat and the ypsa chat like that's a great way like where you can connect with people and then you can kind of get an understanding really without even asking anybody because i mean kelvin and those guys do a great job of having topics that are relevant to even like somebody that just got in or somebody that's been in the profession for like 40 years yeah yeah awesome perfect um yeah i i, I was with my whole family past couple of days and I have like a really kind of large family and every single one of them asked what I do. And I swear, Tyson, I gave like six different answers. <laughs> and so what do you kind of explain to your family uh, what you do? What Like in short, you know? In short. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, it's really like you say, you give them different answers. What I, I, I tell my mom is like, I, I go to games and I do stats and I do video and I do writing and i i just do a lot of like the back end stuff that nobody knows about um yeah i mean i it's really like it's really it's just hard to like i think for my mom just loves it because i'm in sports and because she knows that i love that but like i think it's hard for her to grasp like everything that goes into a sporting event because when you watch it on tv you just see the people playing right you don't yeah. see what goes into getting the video or, or whatnot so i just try to keep it like simple and be like hey i do stats or I do. I write. I write tweet. I, I get to be on Instagram for my job. You know, stuff like that. Um, you kind of mentioned when you were thinking about being a grad assistant. I mean, what kind of ran through your head? Maybe some pros and cons, or where were you at in life at that point? Um, so, I was just graduating, and my wife still had a semester of nursing school, and so like, I spent the first month away from her. She had to stay in Utah to finish her nursing degree while I was while, when I started. Um, so my thought process really was like, um, 
I kind of I kind of sought some guidance because, like I said, I didn't really want to be a grad assistant. Like, you don't make a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, you you work lots of hours. You do a lot of things that that you don't want to like. You don't feel like you should be doing. Um, so I just sought some counsel with um, with Paul with Weber and um, with some other people that I knew, and they suggested like, hey, this this is the opportunity that you have. You need to take it. Not just because it was the only opportunity I had, but it was like this. It's gonna be be two years, you're going to get your degree, which looks good on a resume, and you're going to I mean, be able to, to work at, at one of the better D2 institutions in, in America. And so that was, that was really my thought process, like just going with it, with being humble and just allowing the opportunity to learn. Because I was, I mean, I'd just been doing like sports information stuff for a year, so I, I needed to learn a lot of stuff. And West Texas was that spot. Like I got to learn so many great things. Like I think sometimes people feel like, oh, if I don't go to a P five, I don't go to Division one, then like I'm not, I'm not going to be successful. Yeah, like I, I want to end up there one day, but like a D two, like at grad school, is like you get to learn so many different things. Like I would have never learned probably how to do stats for basketball or baseball or, or soccer maybe at a bigger school because they have people that just do that. And so that was that was, I mean, it was really cool. Uh, when you were transitioning from Weber to West Texas, uh, what were some things, and maybe you kind of noticed them now, what were some things, maybe some differences that you uh, kind of noticed at Weber, a Division One, kind of lower tier Division One, but still, uh, versus a Division Two school? One thing they noticed is it was Weber, they had everybody did stats for them. And so that was really nice. Like, <laughs> I really didn't think about that part of it, you know, like uh-huh. volleyball, like they had a guy that did it. And so we went to, to WT, and I, I mean, I was in charge of doing stats for soccer, so I had to learn that on the fly. Um, another thing was you were like the guy. like it. So I was I was in charge of music. I was in charge of the scoreboard. I was in charge of, I mean, the referees and stuff at WT, which I never even, like, dealt with when I was at Weber. So that was gave me a chance to, like, grow and incorporate and getting to know those. Um Really, other than that, like, it's, it's pretty much, like, the, the media, like, at West Texas was really good. It was almost better than Weber. Like, every Monday, we'd have media day, and, like, all the coaches would be interviewed by the local media, which doesn't happen at, at Utah just because you have BYU and Utah, and, you know, they, they get most of the pub, which, understandable. Um, but, no, I, I felt like one thing with OT, I, I got to know a lot of the boosters as well, like, a lot of the bigger people that, that donate money just because they're at every sporting event and you don't necessarily get that at like a d1 school because they're kind mm-hmm. of doing their own thing so it was it was nice to get to know them and i mean kind of make that rapport um you mentioned you had to learn doing something like soccer stats on the fly so what were some of those things that you kind of had to do or maybe had to practice to kind of um, just get yourself prepared. I mean, there, I'm sure there are some SIDs out there that uh, are in a new position. Maybe they're with a sport they're not familiar with, and maybe they're expected to know the stat just like that. So what were some things that you did to kind of like learn um, sp- specifically with the stat program? We'll get to some other stuff here in a second, but what were some things that you did? I would watch YouTube videos and do that, and then I would watch soccer games, and I would just do it in my head. And then that's how I like. That's how I do it with basketball. Still, like I'll be watching a basketball game and I'll just keep doing that in my head. So, like, I, I had to, I had to ask a lot of questions. Like, you have to ask a lot of questions. 
Like I still ask like Brent to WT. I still ask him softball and baseball questions just because he's so knowledgeable. Uh-huh. Like I think with Stats, it's, it's always a learning process. Like you're gonna run into something you've never seen before. But during that point, like when I was just learning it, I just had to, to I had to put in my effort. I had to put my work into like studying what it what needs to be done. And then if I had a question, I was luckily around people that knew what they they were doing. So that that's like my advice to anybody that's that's learning a new sport or, or in that situation is just ask questions because, like I said, with, with sports information people, they're not going to let you fail because if they if they let you fail, then they're going to have to fix it, and nobody wants to fix anything. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, they cannot like. They, it, I mean, I think we've all been in a situation where we've had to fix something, and it's not very fun. And and people like if you have that desire to do this job, like people are going to help you do your job. Perfect. Like if they see that fire in your eyes or they see that you have that true desire, then they're going to make that effort. Or they're going to stay that extra hour after work or they're going to um, take time away from their family so they can come watch you do a game to make sure that, that you're doing it right so that they don't have to worry about you ever again. Uh, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I, I kind of like that, what you said there. Um, and you mentioned a little bit ago, kind of same question I'm going to phrase for you about maybe the Photoshop stuff. Um, and I know that you said you created a media guide and you didn't like it. But how have you evolved since then? And what were some things, I mean, YouTube is probably one of the best resources in the world, but uh, what were some things that you did to kind of enhance your skills as far as that was concerned? I just had to do it. I had to, um, so... At WT, they, in every sport, does media guides. And so I love doing media guides. Like, now that I understand InDesign, it makes life 10 times easier. Yeah. So I just, I just had to, I mean, really what I did my first year at WT is I just copied the the mighty media guide they had for men's and women's soccer. And I kind of just, like, looked how everything was done. Like, I looked like, I saw something that I didn't know how to do, and then I would just highlight it, and I would kind of just go through, like, the different options and look and see, oh, like, well, that's a tab. Like, you can make that a certain certain way um so InDesign I got into InDesign really fairly quickly just because it was it was easy like just the way that the people had done the media guys before Photoshop I had no idea like my first, I was looking at some of my old graphics today when I was at Weaver State and they're terrible like and I thought they were so cool but they are terrible and so I just had to like what I try to do is I would just make graphics like luckily I had a good the track coach at WT was, was great. Like he encouraged me to make them graphics. And so they progressively got better. And whenever I had some downtime, that's what I would do. I, I love to like learn new things in Photoshop, even though it's not, it takes me a while to catch on, but like, it was just, it was just fun for me to learn new things and, and, and watching YouTube and Brent at WT is really good with graphics. And, and so I would do some things and I'd run them by him and then he'd give me some advice. And so it was kind of like vice versa. And so, yeah, I just had kind of like the coaches were really supportive of like me trying to do Photoshop and just try new things. And it, it I mean, it, I'm not, still not great at Photoshop, but it, it looks better than it did, say, probably a year and a half ago. Uh, the job was up at Texas A&M International. Um, again, kind of same question I'm going to phrase for you as a little bit earlier. Where were you at in life? I mean, what kind of made you feel like you needed the change? Uh, well, Grad system was probably over, uh, but <laughs> um, again, spare no detail. Uh, what was going through your mind at that point? I needed a big boy job. That's what I needed. I like that. Um, yep. So, um, so I, yeah, I was, I was graduating from grad school, and I just had a child. So, 
that was a big thing. Like I, I wanted to make sure I could take care of him. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I was just on, I was on Cosida NCA market every day, just trying to look and see the job. So it was, it was pretty much the same thing when I graduated my undergrad, like mm-hmm. tons of job openings. I mean, some of them were far, like were, would be crazy if I got it, but I was still applying and, um, I, I knew, so I, I'd interviewed at a few places and so international Texas A&M international Tim I'd worked with him at Texas at West Texas A&M we we even played each other a few times and so I was pretty familiar with with kind of like the program and so they were they were one of the choices and so they brought me down for a visit and they'd offered me the job and I felt really good about it but I was kind of waiting for see what happened with West Texas because I really enjoyed it there and I mean just really like the coaches just everything about West Texas was like that's this is kind of where I could see myself being. And there was another job that I thought I might be able to get. It was kind of a long shot. Um, and so, like, time was passing by, and, like, West Texas International gave me, like, a week and a half to decide. And I was like, okay, like, I'll hear back from everybody within, like, a few days, and then me and my wife can kind of just ponder on, like, what's going to, like, what we're going to do, like, do the pros and cons. and Because um, I really didn't want to, like, because there's, there's two things going through my head. Because the first one somebody told me is, your first job is the hardest to get, which is true. And the second one is, don't jump at the first opportunity just because it's your first opportunity. And so, like, that was my thought process. Is like, is Texas International just, like, the first opportunity? And then I was at, a, actually, a soccer banquet, and I got a call from the other school. They said, yeah, you're not the guy. And then I found out that West Texas A&M just, didn't, it just wasn't going to work logistically. And so, like, the decision was kind of made for me, but, like, I felt at peace about it. And so, literally what happened is I graduated. I had two weeks. I got back from the track and field championships on a Sunday, and we were moved to te- to, to Laredo, like, three days later. Yeah. So, life got, life was pretty pretty hectic, but it was, it was a great choice because, um, I mean, we're still in the state of Texas. Um, but it's international is a great opportunity to, that I can kind of continue to, to build and, and broaden what I want to do. Uh, I, I, this is a topic that I, I've kind of thought about. If, if it's all right with you, um, you talk about it. But uh, how long have you been married? I, it'll be five years on Monday. So how difficult – oh, really? Well, happy anniversary. Um, Thank you. <laughs> uh, so how difficult is it trying to uh, – align kind of goals and maybe just kind of negotiate with one another just as far as where you want to go at in life with you know being young and having these opportunities presented to you yeah that's that's a great question i think like i said multiple times like my wife is a saint like she really is like she's she's put up with a lot of like just like you mean like sid like long hours like the first six months of my son's life it was literally like i would see him in the morning I'd go to work, go to school, come home, help her, like, for 30 minutes to an hour, and then I'd have to do homework or work, right? Like, yeah. So, I mean, I think, like, the aligning the goals part is is huge. Um, like, she's got to kind of understand, like, what I want, and then I've got to understand, like, what she's willing to, to respect. There's states where I, she doesn't want me to apply to jobs, like, just because she didn't want to live there. And I'm fine with that, like... Uh-huh. Like, I don't want her to be in a place where she's going to be miserable. Because that, like, if she's miserable, then it's eventually going to, like, affect me. And I, and I, I don't want that. So, 
really like whenever we've had a job opportunity or we've had something come up, like we'll talk about the pros and cons and like, I'll ask her like what she thinks. Like, even if it's like a dream job, I would probably still be like, if she doesn't feel good about it, it would, it would be tough for me to consider it. Yeah. Um, I just think it's, yeah, it's, I, and I want to be in a place where like I can help raise my son in a, in a good place. So it's not like, I don't know, like, I think I went off on a tangent there a little bit, but no, you're fine. I, I just think, yeah, I, I just think you need to be on the same page. Like you need to understand where she's, where your partner's coming from and they need to understand where you're coming from because if you're going to be the person that's making the money, you need to be somewhere where you like to be too. Like I think that's anywhere in any job is that you need, like both parties need to be happy and there's going to be times where it's not good. Like, I mean, we live an, a mile and a half from Mexico. That's not ideal. Like, but I mean, it's, it's just what has to happen at the moment. Uh, real quick, how are you going to explain what to do to your son? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, I'm, he'll probably just know I, 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 I watch sports. That's probably what he's... Like, he went to his first basketball game like a week and a half ago, and he probably had no idea what was going on anyways, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. Like that's a, that's a great question. Like I'll probably just at the time I watch sports, and then when he gets older, he'll probably get a, a greater understanding. But sports is probably what he'll know I'll do. Um, I you you mentioned like kind of two pieces of advice earlier. Uh, so when people kind of go out and look for jobs, maybe they're a little anxious, and maybe they're kind of what I'm sure everybody has that couple states that they don't want to live in. I know I have those states, but uh, what what are some things that you would kind of recommend to a lot of kind of recent graduates who, who are just try, kind of being overwhelmed at the moment with just uh, trying to find a job, trying to land those opportunities? What would some advice that you would give to them? Apply everywhere. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I just like apply everywhere. Even if they, like, you have to be reasonable, like, if it's an, an associate athletic director for media relations, like, you have no shot. But, <laughs> yeah. like, like, I think it's important that you, you put your name out there no matter what. Just keep, because there's, there's, like, because you don't know what they're looking for. Like, you, like, yeah, they put in their job description one to three years of experience, da-da-da-da-da-da. But you don't know if, like, you have a skill set that they're looking for over something else. So my advice would be just apply everywhere and, and be involved. Like, like, I remember, like, I was a lot more involved with the Twitter chats when I was looking for a job just because I wanted to get my name out there. I wanted to just to connect with other people and kind of see what, what they thought, see what they were doing. Yeah. I think that's an important part about sports information, really anything, but like especially in the job hunt, like because those people are going to help you. Like they may have advice, but like oh, like they may tell you about a job that that's not posted anywhere, or they may be like, hey, shoot me over your resume, or shoot me over your cover letter. Like let's let's see what I can do for you. The sports information, it gets more of like a family. Like people are really willing to help each other, especially like how competitive the field is. Like people are more willing to like make you better. Uh, how important you kind of mentioned the importance of of being in those chats and being involved uh, when you're looking for uh, looking for a job. But how also how important is it to be involved with those sorts of things while you're currently in your position? I think it helps you kind of look and like if, if you're having a bad day or like you're you're high on yourself, you can be like, oh, like well, like well, I, other people are having the same issues as I'm having. I'm not per, like. 
we all have things that we can work on. I think it's just it's good to to get a feel from other people because like sometimes I like left a long hours. It's good to know that like other people are having the same issues or having um, some of the same concerns as you are, or they're, or they're just like normal people like you. Like I, I like just to follow, just to see like the gifts and like the interesting facts about people. Yeah. And see what they say about themselves because that's really like truly what makes it fun is like yeah we we all like do the same thing but everybody's everybody's different in a way like what they like. I mean like some people are still like all they do is watch sports while other people have like other hobbies that they do. So I think it's just important just to to get to know other people as well. Uh, this question's kind of directed toward. Excuse me. This question is kind of directed toward uh, young professionals, but it could also apply to somebody who's who's well versed in in the sports information realm. And I'm not trying to put words in your mouth or anything, but uh, what would you say to somebody that's like looking for the next opportunity, but also has to focus on what they're doing now? Maybe they're like a graduate assistant, or maybe they're just feel like it's time for a change and. and even though they have to do their job now, they're still kind of keeping one eye. I mean, how do those people kind of stay focused when those kind of situations arise? I think you just need to realize where you're at at the moment and say, hey, like, these, not just like these guys are paying the bills, but like, this is what I signed up for. This is kind of what I'm doing, which, which you, you need to get 110% whatever you do. But that, that doesn't mean you can't look around. That doesn't mean you can spend some of your nights or some of your weekends looking elsewhere or perfecting your craft. Like, like you should never be satisfied with where you're at. And so, but with that being said, I think you need to focus on where you're at. Like, even if it, you're struggling or you feel like, man, maybe this isn't the place for me, just keep working through it. Because if you, if you kind of give up or you start to, like, your work ethic starts to, to go down. Like people are going to notice that, and not that not that they're, they're going to tell your future employer that, but like people yeah. can see it. Um, and so just yeah, just keep working hard. Like that's when I was at WT and like I was looking for a job. I just can I I just worked harder. I was just I was implementing new things. I was just trying to not only better my resume but like better the program, so that people like well when he left, it was better than it was before. And that, that can talk louder than, I think, any resume. Um, I've never kind of asked this question before, and it may not be any big deal, but um, West Texas A&M, are they kind of in the same conference or same kind of geographic? Well, they obviously so. Um, hang on, let me rephrase that. So is there any kind of like, do you personally just have, who would you root for if West Texas A&M and uh, Texas A&M International had to play? That's a tough question. I actually played in women's basketball over Thanksgiving. Um, so that's tough because I'm really good friends with the soccer coaches at at both schools, but at WT particular, and they played at soccer earlier this year. The men did, and Tammy, you won. Which I mean, what I told the coach was, is like I want, I think WT will win, but I'll be happy with whoever wins. Uh huh. So like, yeah, it's tough. It's yeah, because they're not in the same conference now, but they will be in a year and a half. They're all, everybody's joining the Lone Star from the Heartland, except for one school. So yeah, I, I mean, like basketball, I really don't have like a dog in the fight. Like I'd probably say Tammy U, just because I didn't really connect that much with basketball at, at West Texas. But like soccer, it's hard for me to like say like 
I want Tammy Yu to be WT just because I have like that connection with like the players and the coaches. Um, and cross country, like WT all the way. Like, <laughs> awesome. Like, those, um, boys, those boys are good. Like, uh, I read like, in your bio that you kind of dealt with equestrian. Yeah, that was how, interesting. Yeah, how, what are the liaison duties like with equestrian maybe some oddball sports because i know the sec is kind of big into equestrian too isn't it or something like that yeah like yeah so that was i still don't fully understand this equestrian to be honest with you <laughs> yeah so really like it was a nice it was a nice role because like, the equestrian coach at west Texas is really nice she's a really nice lady and what she does is she gets like a uh, meteor what she does is uh, she gets a media relations representative, and so they they feed you all the results, and they feed you, like, you kind of teach them how to do a press release. Okay. And so, and so that was really nice just because, like, it's a, it's not an NCAA sport, but, like, they have people there that want to know about, like, what goes on. And so that was really, really nice. Um, so I, I, I understand, like, Hunt and Western, but, like, some of the concepts – I struggle to deal with like I look back now like in all honesty like I wish I would have done better with the question that's like the one regret I have is I put so much effort into all the other sports that I kind of neglected a question and that that bugs me still to this day that I didn't give those student athletes and coaches and then those supporters the it everything that they should have got because they're they were good they finished like top five in that nation both years I was there and like that happens on a basketball team, like, you know, they're just going to get pumped up. So it was cool, though. Like, I I really liked Equestrian. I liked kind of, like, at first I was scared. Uh-huh. I was like, Equestrian, like, football, you know? Like, yeah. But it, it, it worked out all right. It was, it was a good scenario. So, like, you, you kind of regret it a little bit. So what are some things that you kind of learned from that that you're kind of taking to your job now? Maybe in the future when you're thinking, okay, maybe I'm not giving this sport or this team uh, the, t- the attention that they deserve. I think uh, just realizing that every student athlete is important, that that equestrian is just as important as football is, because it, it truly is. Like, even though football, you know, like they, that's the money maker, that's the big hoorah. Those those student athletes put as much work into equestrian as they do football or basketball, and so to not give them that opportunity to like highlight them or do things for them you're just you're missing a chance to tell their story and so that's like that's that's it doesn't haunt me but it bugs me because i know like some of these girls have really cool stories uh-huh. and i missed telling that i missed publicizing that to the to the local media because you I mean west texas it's a lot of farms a lot of cowboys like <laughs> i think that would have been a big hit and so yeah I, I just need to to realize like just always evaluating like look your team, track and field, national championship. Yeah. For those that are maybe lucky enough in that scenario, or maybe they haven't quite gotten there, how do you cover a national championship team in short? I know that there's a lot that goes into it, trust me, because it seems like every sport we have here. Before I got here, there it was like mediocre, and now everybody that we have is like top 25 in the nation. So um, how do you kind of cover a national championship caliber or maybe just a winning team? You enjoy it. Okay. Like, um, <laughs> so, like I said, I, was, I had a really good relationship with the, the track and field coaches. So, like, I was, like, 
they made me like part of the program. And so I don't suggest doing that with everybody, but it makes life easier when you like, you can go to them and be like, Hey, I want to talk to this person or Hey, like, um, I want to do so. And so, so like what I did is I set up, I did track talk Thursdays. So every Thursday I'd interview a different track athlete and I would just get to know them like beyond the track. And it was, it was super fun because I got to know like mostly all the kids and I got to know like more about them. And so it was easy to tell their story, but like the whole national championship thing, like so outdoor, they were they were first and second throughout the whole year, and I was like, this thing could happen. And so, I mean, I I, I was building it up, but I didn't want to like I didn't want to jinx it uh-huh. because I I didn't want to go to Florida and get my heart broken. Like be be like, oh, we took second or third, you know? Like so, I mean, I was I had a pre-made graphics. I had. That's one thing that I felt was really important like in that run is I always had I had graphics made up for all conference. I had graphics for I mean if they when they won the conference championship all I had to do was just insert a picture. So that made my life easier. That's what I would suggest especially like when you know you have all Americans, kids are going to be all Americans, you just make the graphic already and then you just take a picture and you insert it. That was the biggest lifesaver. Because when they won the national championship, I didn't have to like hurry and go in the press box and make something up. I had the graphic already made. And I just had to take a picture and insert it in it, which allowed me to, like, share the story. Um, so my, my advice is just enjoy the ride. Like, those three days in Florida were amazing. Like, so many things went right. Like, the women's 4x1 winning the national championship, Fatim winning the long jump, Rally winning the triple jump. Like, it was insane. And I say, another piece of advice is I say, stay near to the coach. Because as, as tough as the coach may seem, they're going to get emotional. So I got a video of the coach, like when they realized that they were going to be national champs, and he kind of broke down and just hugged all of his staff. And that was one of the biggest like impressions on Twitter that I think the accounts ever had, because people got to see that raw emotion, that like, that hard work that they were able to put in. And so yeah, it was it was great. Like that was the last release I ever wrote for West Texas was that that national championship. Like that was like the mic drop. I'm out of here. That's yeah, quite the way to go out. Uh, I, I kind of lied. I do have one more question. but And it kind of makes me think when you said the track talk Thursdays uh, and what we talked about earlier about getting equal coverage. So what if you have multiple people on your staff? And maybe you kind of identify to the other staff member that, hey, you're not giving – I feel like you're not giving, I mean, this is just an example, but I feel like you're not giving this program the attention it deserves. How do you kind of like communicate and align that with, with a kind of equal amount of coverage and maybe some, some of the graphics and some of the stories that they, that they get? I, I mean, I've never really been in that situation. I think there's different ways to go about it. I think just talking to them, be like, Hey, this is what I want to do. Like, this is what I'm going to do. This is not what I, this is what I'm going to do. Like, uh, uh-huh. And when I do that, I just, I mean, you know how some coaches are, like, if some one sport gets some coverage and then their sport doesn't, they get upset. Yeah. And so that's what I did with Track Talk Thursdays. I was like, hey, guys, like, this is what I'm going to do. Every Thursday, I'm releasing a video, like, just so you know, like, that's this, it, it's a it's a Tyson thing. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not an SID thing. It's, it's just what Tyson wants to do with the track team. And, I mean, they can either run with it or not. Um, I mean, I think some at some points you may realize, like, hey, like, this is what I'm going to do. Can I help you do it with your program? I mean, I know we're all busy, like, but with, with graphics especially, like, you can make them so interchangeable. I like graphics that are all the same for every sport. I like consistency. So I feel like that's something that, like, if you're really good at and you have somebody on your staff that struggles with that, like, 
you can maybe change like hey like this is what i do good like can you help me with this like you're good at stats like would you like to stat my games and i'll make graphics for you i think just just communicating with with each other because i feel like if you start doing things on your own and not telling somebody like people are going to get upset like yeah and, and i don't and I, that's not a way to, to do any type of business like i i don't like i don't know I don't like going to work and knowing like my coworkers mad at me because I did something that they didn't, you know? I, yeah. That's fair. Awesome. Um, anyway, we got to move on to so, so some fun questions I like to ask. Uh, the first one I have for you, Tyson, is a uh, favorite memory in your professional tenure. Favorite besides winning the national championship. You can pick um, that one. That's I'll fair. I'll a different one. Cause that's I mean, like, that was sick. I, <laughs> I think about that a lot. Actually, that was, that was so fun. Let me think other memory that I, that I have, um, probably getting, there was a stretch when I drove the, the track, the soccer team to Midwestern on a Friday night, and on the way back we got pulled over, so it stopped us for like an hour, and then I had to get back for a regional cross-country meet the next day, so I got like two hours of sleep, and I was so out of it, but like, it was just so fun, because I was like, this is what I love. Like I, <laughs> I, was in, I was in soccer and now I'm at cross country. So that's one of the, the other things. Another like thing that I really probably memory is just interacting with the student athletes and just kind of seeing them be happy. I really like, I love seeing student athletes kind of overcome adversity. Uh, what about on the other side of the coin? What's your biggest horror story? National signing day. Oh, I, I, oh, me and national signing day. We do not get along. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I just I'm just gonna eat pancakes. We don't have football this year, so I'm just gonna eat pancakes at night and not even have to worry about doing anything for football. So, to all you football SIDs, bless your heart. <laughs> um, what's one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession? Absorb it all. Like, be throw yourself out there. Like, you can learn as much as you want, and so just just learn it all. Um. One thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? Video editing. Okay. I want to make cool videos like those guys at Michigan and like Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if it ever happens. But yeah, I want to do video editing. When you kind of look around in your, in your conference, division, country, whatever, and you look at someone and you say, that's a good SID, uh, what are some characteristics that they have or some things that they do that make you say that? They're efficient, so I feel like being efficient is very good. They're knowledgeable, they're humble, um, and they're just just friendly to be around. Like, I mean, like, I, I, if you don't know me, I'm not a like outgoing person. Like, it takes me a while to get to know you. But I've had other SIDs like get me to open up because they were really friendly. So I think those are, are all key. Like, hardworking as well. Like. I think everybody hard hard worker, but like you can tell when somebody's just grinding away and and they're not looking for recognition, they're just getting the job done. Um, work life balance. What do you do to have fun? Uh, we watch Netflix. What you watching? We just finished Longmire, so that was good. I got Except the last ten minutes. It was a bit spicy, so I don't know <laughs> if that's a spoiler for anybody. <laughs> I um, just got started with the uh, the Punisher. I got like half. The last episode left. I'm a big Marvel guy, so that's that's what, yeah, that's what we've been yeah. watching. With with um, work balance, so, so I I see my son in the morning and at night, so like I'm in charge of giving him a bath. So like that's 
my time to be with him. So, like, that's that's really fun. Like, my boss now, Tim Fairhead, has been great about, like, telling me to, like, you need to go home early today or you need to do this. Like, mm-hmm. spend time with your family. Um, which I kind of didn't do it as a GA just because I was like, I got to work hard. I got to do all this. I got to do that. So I just kind of had to get over myself and be like, hey, go home and, like, help your wife. Go home and, like, take your son for a walk so she can have some, like, free time. Um, we, we went we went swimming a lot in the summer, so that was really fun. But, I mean, we're not, I'm not very interesting. Like, I just watch Netflix or I watch Lionel Messi highlights. Oh, yeah? Messi. He's the GOAT. <laughs> Next time someone is in Loretta, or, I mean, you can pick any place that you've been, really. Uh, restaurant or bar recommendation? The best restaurant in Laredo is Taquitos Ravi. It's, like, real Mexican food. Like, they don't speak English there. So, oh. it's legit. Um, Canyon, you need to go to... You need to go to Amarillo and go to Coyote Bluff Cafe. It's, it has the great hamburgers. Um, and if you go to Ogden, Utah, Burger Bar. You need to go to Burger Bar. Okay. Because they have great shakes and great burgers. So... Um, I don't that much, but those are probably the three places I eat when I need uh, help. <laughs> uh, if anybody had any questions for you, maybe to follow up or anything like that, uh, what would be the best way to do it? Um, you can tweet at me, or you can literally anything like text me or um, email me. I mean, I I would love to have some questions. If any of you have questions, I'll I mean, I'll try to answer the best I can. Perfect. Sounds good. Well, Tyson, thank you very much for coming on. I really do appreciate it on short notice. No, I, I appreciate coming on. This was fun. Good. Glad to hear it. Uh, now, we thank you all, whoever has uh, already subscribed to download, downloaded this podcast. If you haven't done it already, what are you doing? I uh, Just yeah, just do it. And I'm going to give you guys some time now just to go over to iTunes. It's on your app, I think. Now that I say that, I should probably double check that. But I believe there's an app kind of way that you can rate and review this podcast if, if you can do that just real quick i'll give you two seconds to do it and thank you for the one or five star i doubt you did it but anyway um guys next week we will be back actually uh we will be here for kind of christmas um I, the reason why i took thanksgiving off is because it was a thursday and every episode is a thursday you know that but it was thanksgiving this is not necessarily Christmas. Um, I'll still release an episode, and that will be Sam Boyle of Alverno. That's all the way up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, nice guy. Really enjoyed talking to him, and really enjoyed for you guys to hear that one there. Um, you can follow us anytime on social media, at Sports Infocast on Twitter and Facebook, and you can do uh, that as well as email me anytime, sportsinfocast at gmail.com. Guys, thank you all for listening, and we hope to catch you all in the next episode.